Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the gospel episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. You are good. This (laughs) is such a good this is such good news that was shared. It is. It was. What are, what are your initial thoughts? What'd you think about it? Yeah, I love, I mean, this was, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart just because of my personal experience with it. I think this was the first, the first teaching in class I was able to deliver as a Christian. I was in a teaching mentorship with a, with a pastor of a local church here. And I did a six-week course on the gospel. And it was through the preparation and teaching of that class that I learned all this stuff and and received, like for the first time in my life, experienced what it was like to receive revelation. Because I had never heard the gospel taught this way before. And it had never made as much sense to me as it did then. So it was a really important turning point in my life. And, you know, so when I, when I think of the gospel and I think of this information, the death, burial, the resurrection, and what that all means, I have very, very happy smiley faces attached to this topic in my brain, just because of the nostalgia behind it. And and it was a wonderful experience. So, yeah, I love this topic. And I think, I've never heard it taught the way we teach it. I know I, I I know we're not the only ones who know the the gospels in three parts, but but I think if more people, and what I'm excited about doing this episode is if more people get access to understanding the benefit we receive through each of the three parts, I think it really does a great job of facilitating this idea that Christianity is a lot more than just not going to hell. And it, and this topic in and of itself can do a lot to repairing the reputation of Christianity across the world as far as like being, you know, right now it is very much like Christianity is a group of people who seem to be stubborn in their ways and judgmental. And the only appeal that we draw people in with is through fear and intimidation of burning in hell for eternity. Right. We're really understanding what the good news is. I think does a lot better job of, I guess, quote, you could say selling this worldview that we're not selling it for money. We're not asking for anything in return, but, but just the, what's the, what's the draw, what's drawing people into Christianity. Like if I think this would be a great place to start. If I had I, even just a basic understanding of the gospel. I agree. I'm I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, we, uh, a few months ago, uh, my wife Morgan and I and a couple of our friends went to Scotland. And I've just been sitting here thinking about like, where does this, why are we so focused on the avoidance of hell? Why is that so prevalent? Why is that so like, why is that our message? Well, I think about 
the tour that we went on in Scotland and to see the, the, uh, the situations and circumstances that people were living in during that time of just like really hellish times. Yeah. Tough times to live in. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it almost like seemed like it was torture to live. Like you're, the average age is like, you know, forties or earlier people are just dropping like flies. Like people are wading through lots of gross stuff as they walk and do their jobs. And it is nasty. And I just wonder if so much of the traditional perspective of Christianity just came out of, you know, just, you don't want to have to do more of this. Yeah. The rest of your life. Escape. Escape. Yeah. You just like, it's <clears throat> going to be a place that you're not going to have to live in this squalor anymore. You're going to be free from all of this. So just hang on and you'll be free one day. And that's, I, I think that's great because I think most Christians do a better job of explaining what it would be like to, to be in hell or the lake of fire for eternity than they can explain what it would be like to be in heaven or the new Jerusalem. Right. And I think that's because we spend more time and maybe we, you know, I don't think most people even know what the concept of paradise is like, because it's just like most people describe heaven as just, nothing bad happens anymore yeah and maybe may yeah oh sorry go ahead but it's just this escapism but it's like but what are you doing for eternity yeah what good is happening not not right no no longer i'm no longer worrying about starvation i'm no longer cold all the time i'm i'm not my kids aren't gonna freeze to death in the scottish winters you know it's like or worrying about my crop yield coming in or being taxed too much by the the lords of the land and you know all these things we take for granted now that just you know a few hundred years ago people in many many parts of the world and it's still today i mean we live in america there's still a lot of places in the world probably more than there aren't where people are still dealing with a lot of that same thing. So I know I sound like a, you know, first world problems here, but I, I, I can recognize we take that for granted these days, but there still is this mentality of just escapism. It reminds me of the, the low self-esteem side and the, the really the loose side of the argument, the freedom side of the argument is really this just the best I can hope for. And my ultimate plan for happiness is for just discomfort to leave me and for me to not have to deal with tension. Yep. That's paradise. I don't feel bad anymore. And now, I mean, now that we're talking about this, I'm just curious if it worked. If that or it used to work. Where it's like, you know what? Jesus is going to save you from this miserable existence and you won't have to do it anymore. And it worked. 
because people were just so they were just suffering all the time. And the thought of being alleviated from this torturous existence was enough to compel them to want to receive for Jesus. Essentially, it's like it's it's a, a, a thief on the cross existence. Yeah. Right. You're going to narrowly escape the flames. It's just like, I just want to be, just remember me. I just want to be out of this. He didn't deserve to be tortured. I do. So I just want to be with him. I believe that he is who he said he was. I, so I just want to be remembered by him and narrowly escape the flames. Yeah. And I do. I think, I think a lot of people have been saved legitimately saved through this method of evangelism and witnessing of just fear of loss the the fear of hell yeah the fear of satan how to escape judgment so i'm not even saying it doesn't work i do think it does work i just don't think it's the only way we ought to be preaching this so you go back to the witnessing episodes the evangelism episodes christianity is so much more than just about escaping judgment and all the benefits, the stuff that's the icing on the cake is the two thirds of the gospel that people tend to not understand completely or even at any level. And, and that's sad because I think we're the reason. So I do think preaching salvation, preaching Jesus's death and that anyway, it's very much, it's, it's the Easter Sunday message. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for your sins, but he rose. He wrote, and you know, that's what we love to say on Easter resurrection Sunday. Right. But it's like, but how much of even the resurrection Sunday message is more about his death than it is about his resurrection and what the resurrection means. Mm-hmm. Cause even that message still just comes down to salvation, not eternal life, salvation. Most of from, from my experience anyways. And what happens when we understand the gospel at the level that, that God wants us to, when we understand it in all three parts, what it does is it actually breaks out and transforms our ability to witness and evangelize to more people. Right. Because yeah, it's going to work sometimes to reach people from this fear of loss mentality to reach people from this, I don't want to go to hell mentality. But if that's my only tool in my, in my toolbox of how to evangelize, I'm missing out on all the people who aren't going to be motivated by not going to hell. So I think there are people who that might be the first step I should take. But just because it worked with this person doesn't mean it should. It's going to work that way with everybody. I need to reach Jesus, reaching us where we're at, meant he adjusted to where we are, not only in in the context of our lives, but uniquely who we are uniquely. And then he pulled us towards him. He didn't stay where we are. He pulled us towards him into the benefits of Christianity. He didn't just promise us we wouldn't burn in hell. Right. He has way more for us than that. Yeah. And that's just so, it's so amazing because that message of, you know, you're, 
because we're not physically surrounded by so much turmoil, this escaping our current situation physically is not motivating to us, especially in America or when you said the first world problems type thing, like, yeah, it doesn't relate it where it's like your suffering will end. And it's like, what's suffering? suffering? And that's why is it maybe I'll wait until my deathbed. Why? Because now I'm finally afraid of something. Now I'm worried about my physical, what's going to happen to my physical being. Right. Versus, listen, if you don't have the benefits, if there is no, you know, reward, there is no eternal life that, that I'm experiencing now, then the worst, then essentially in our first world, the the as bad as it's going to get is it's going to be mental emotional and spiritual turmoil yeah and but how do you then motivate someone and help them just like what's the way out of the physical turmoil you know well a different place awesome well show me the heaven that i can live in mentally emotionally and spiritually and I feel like that's where the church is lacking. Because we can experience these benefits today. Bingo. And I love, and there is no sense of urgency behind this judgment because at least in America, it is very more often common that I'm going to live to be in my seventies or maybe eighties. So that's like telling somebody who's going to end up going to the electric chair that they better start doing some, you know, you, you need to make a decision right now. If you make this decision, if you, if you say you believe in Jesus, you won't have to go to the electric chair. And my response would be like, yeah, but that's not going to happen for like 35 years though. Right. Well, yeah, probably not. I mean, it could happen whenever you don't really know, but likely not for like 35 more years. You're 40. Yeah. About 35 more years until that electric chair comes. Yeah. And you're telling me if I tell you right before you pull the lever that I believe in Jesus, that I won't have to die in the electric chair. Well, yeah. So what's, so why wouldn't I just wait? Well, you never know. It might happen really quickly, but probably not. Yeah, probably not. Okay, well, then I'll take my chances. Man. Like, that's what I'm dealing with here. There's no sense of urgency because the eternal punishment that you're, that you're threatening me with or trying to, trying to strike fear in my heart with is something that, one, I, I can barely fathom what that even means. Yep. And two, you can't even promise that it's going to happen or when. So that, that sale, that using that technique of sales is just, you're doing a bad job selling Christianity. There's no benefits. There is, there's no benefit. And even the lack of a detriment is something that I'm not even going to experience for maybe decades. Right. Maybe longer. Man. So why, why make that decision? Well, you know what? It just, it's good. It's good to live for Jesus because it's the right thing to do. Why? And we've covered this time and time again. Jesus and God, they lead by giving us a reason and a value. Mm-hmm. And this is 
the ultimate reason and a value for living for Christ is these, here's one, you won't go to hell. You won't experience judgment because Jesus paid for it. Two, you'll be rewarded for your efforts. So yes, we recognize the work you've done too, Jonathan. And three, because you took direction from God, you'll be able to continually grow and get better with him and with the rest of the bride for eternity. Well, that sounds awesome. I feel like the gap now is the church doesn't know how to experience these things today. So I still don't like, what's the appeal to even the right the right. other two thirds of the gospel when you can't show me what those are now? You can't, I don't know how to, I mean, and that's where it's like, the the burial is like this redheaded stepchild in the gospel that we have no idea about what and honestly you get persecuted for even talking about which reward? we have yeah reward so you're doing things to get rewarded yep that's really selfish yeah okay <laughs> okay right yeah but the one of the benefits of of reward i mean is the fact that it's our reward right we are rewarded for it. If we were told to store up our treasures in heaven, maybe that's Jesus basically saying, wait, you could access that now. Yeah. So he's, he wouldn't be giving us a direction on what to do with it if we couldn't use it today. Right. Which is one of the benefits of having reward. Same thing with eternal life. We have this ability to repair. So we can become more ourselves over time. Paul, yeah. Paul talked about walking in newness of life and he said it as if, and because we can do it now. Yep. It's not something we will do. We have the ability because Jesus died, because he was buried, because he rose again. We have the ability when we embrace the first two steps of the gospel to walk in newness of life today. And that's finally where it's like, the last part of this good news that's not getting out. Usually we're stuck with step number one, but because of the state of America, especially America, there's no urgency to me getting saved to avoid this punishment that's going to happen in an indefinite amount of time in my future. And you can't explain the other two parts of the gospel well enough for me to even know what you mean, let alone for me to experience it for myself. So what, I mean, it's no wonder that Christianity is seems to be just plummeting and, and people's belief about its legitimacy as a way to live their lives. The only move that we had that worked was salvation being the avoidance of a punishment was narrowly was escaping the flames. And that's the, we had that move. And we were doing that move. We've been doing that move since Jesus died because the physical circumstances in which people were living in was traumatic. Yeah. Up until and just it, like a hundred years ago. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That move doesn't work anymore. Doesn't. People. So we need a different move. We need to live these benefits. We need to have something that's better than you their know, earthly physical lives. Bingo. It's got to be better than that. And what do you got that's better the than church, that? In the, the church, like, overall, the church is living a worse life than I see a lot of the people in the world. Or at best, the same. Right. No, so I just a need no to different be. different life. Yeah. So I just, instead of 
you know, essentially, I'll break it down into analogy. Instead of eating chips, watching what I want on TV, I need to watch Christian programs on TV and eat vegetables. That's essentially what you're telling me my life is because it's good for me. Well, it's not, I mean, it's bad for you. God doesn't want you to watch bad stuff on TV, nor does he want you to, you know, to, to eat bad food. He wants you to do things that are healthy because he loves you. Not motivating. No. Because the, the watching junk on TV and eating junk food feels better right now than whatever you're offering me. Right. But if we walk in newness of life, all those feelings we all crave, legitimate, valid feelings that we all have been wired to want, happiness and joy, yeah, can be experienced now if we actually know the right way to live out the gospel, the full gospel. All those feelings people are going after when they are eating junk and watching junk on TV are feelings we can have if we live the gospel. Right. Those things can be done in the right way because it's never about the stuff on TV. It's never about the food. It's what all that stuff makes us feel. Yeah. That's how we're all wired. We all want to feel good. And God gives us a way to feel good right now for the right reasons. That's the appeal. Yes. The church has done a bad job of that. Oh my gosh. It's bad. So it's, this is, this is a, this is, I feel like a, a, a revolution is happening, you know, and our, our, what the flock listeners are hopefully taking part in it, but as it's this burial and resurrection, we need to live yeah. the burial and resurrection life, not just the death, not just the die to yourself. Right. Because your physical circumstances are garbage. We got to have some, we got to have a benefit. Okay. So can you give us an overview of the strict loose side? We haven't done that yet. We haven't even done that. Jeez. Yeah. We like this topic, huh? Okay. Strict side is you can define the gospel as the death, burial and resurrection, but that's it. And meaning they, they, they don't go a step further than what the Bible says. I can't give you an explanation as to what each of those, diff, what those mean and how they're different from one another. And eventually it just gets down to it being about salvation. Right. The loose side is just simply feel good. The good news is the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's just, it's, it's just even more abstract and based on just do whatever it takes to feel good. Now you're going to heaven. Awesome. The connect the doctrine game. Let's play it. Pastor Joel, how would you connect the gospel to God's will, which is the series that we're in right now? I think the, the good news ought to encompass at least at the, the, at the principal level, what we will be experiencing for eternity. That is God's will is this eternal plan that he has for the people who will live their lives in a way where they have shown him that they want to be in his family and, and part of his son's bride. And the gospel is, 
I would say the most the most principle based and, and most efficient way of expressing what it is that God wants for us for eternity and how that had been made possible. Awesome. How about the three categories of people related to self-esteem? So people with low self-esteem, that's that first category we feel bad for, are going to be people just trying to avoid negative, negative feelings. They're, you know, so, so these are people who just embrace, like they love seeing the gospels, the good news. And then this belief that, well, I'm a Christian. So I'm there. I've experienced it. I have it. And it's just in order to feel good and to remove any tension from my life. Mm. So maybe it is, I even, you know, I asked Jesus into my life just to, to prevent this, like, am I going to go to hell thought? Sure. I'll do that. I'll jump over that hurdle. I've jumped over that hurdle. Now I'm good. Mm-hmm. These people, it sucks because these people aren't experiencing the fullness of the gospel. Right. And I mean, honestly, they, it's, it's likely they may not even be experiencing the salvation if they've gotten that wrong. The people we we understand why they do what they do are the mid self-esteem. They have enough confidence in who they are, enough self-esteem within themselves to to remove themselves from a bad situation or to at least be frustrated with recognizing the, the contradictions within the church. These people know there must be more to good news than just a not bad news. And it's frustrating for them because they know there should be this answer that they're not getting. There should be this experience that they're not getting. So they often leave church and I would say for the right reason. And then the high self-esteem people in part, they, I mean, part of the journey to growing in high self-esteem would have been these people embracing the three parts of the gospel and really understanding what it means to first confess and repent for for the wrongs I have done, for the plan that I have tried to live myself, to then working and efforting towards becoming a profitable human being, understanding who God created me to be and trying to be a benefit to other people, to ultimately embracing walking in the spirit and trying to help other people experience the gospel in the way I have and replicating myself in discipleship and and these people you get get the high self-esteem and it t- tends to be easy to categorize these people as leaders these yeah. are people who are they are full of the gospel and now want other people to experience that as well that's really cool i was thinking you know moving with with the gospel and moving up through the self through self-esteem is realizing that you know, as soon as you go from, from low to mid self-esteem is realizing, I don't, I don't have a good answer. Right. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer for this. And I feel like no one else does either, but how you make progress is, you know, is to go, well, if I don't have an answer, there must be an answer. Yeah. There must be an answer to this because I don't have it. Right. If, I didn't, if 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 there if it wasn't possible 
to have something, I wouldn't feel the debt or this void of not having that answer. Right. Right. So I go, man, there must be an answer. I don't have it. I'm going to go get it. And really that's when you, when you start going to get that answer, your self-esteem is going to grow and you're going to find it. Yep. And once you find that answer and start to live it, that's when high self-esteem starts happening. So we could even liken each part of the gospel to each one of these, each one of these self-esteem as well. Oh, cool. The the low self-esteem would be at best equivalent to the death. They may be saved, but nothing more than that. Yep. The burial would be mid self-esteem. These are people who are trying to get, who have gotten control of their lives who are now working on themselves and trying to build themselves up reward. Yep. And the high self-esteem people are people who have embraced the walking in the newness of life, the resurrection, eternal life. And that has been something they're trying to help other people with as well. And that you, and once you're there, once you're at that high self-esteem, then you just continue to give it to other people. You continue to give and share that life with other people and it impacts all of your other interactions while simultaneously building your faith and the assurance of your own salvation and eternal life three times more. Yeah. Right. Because that's when it is, it's giving it to other people and teaching things to other people. That's where it's like, man, you don't have to have all of these doctrine, like completely nailed down without flaw. Perfect. It's like, we want to encourage you just to teach it, to explain it to other people, to try. Yeah. yeah. Because in that, you're going to learn where you're wrong. You're going to learn opportunities in it. And it's going to get better. And it's going to solidify and cement the right answer in you. Amen. So we want to encourage people who listen to this podcast to teach it. Hey, I, I just listened to this episode, you know. Can I explain, can I teach you, can I explain to you what it was that I learned from it and go for it? It, it doesn't, you don't have to be, you don't have to have the motivational spiritual gift of teacher in order to teach. No, I want to actually, I want a big shout out to Luann Versamac. As we're recording this right now, season four is live and she's been after the after every episode so far in season four, she has been sending me a message sharing with me how appreciative she is of what we're sharing Mm. and also sharing with me all the things that she has learned through it and the areas where she found out she was wrong. So I think here's an example of somebody who's doing exactly what you just said, PJ, of not only learning this information, but immediately sharing with someone it doesn't have to be with us but we'll take your messages but what luann's doing is it's immediately going to make her even stronger at these things than if she had just listened to you and me talk for a half an hour wow such good practice especially especially and if you're underconfident in your ability to teach practice with people that you're that you know you're safe around Practice with your family, with your friends, with your church family. You know, it's, it is so valuable. That's so cool. And I got to do this in the now that we're in the Music of Life Church podcast. Our mission is refuge, restoration, and repair, and that is the gospel. 
It is, yes. Can you explain that, Pastor Joel? So refuge is when the bad stops. So we say it's not just a safe place. It's safe because there is no more destruction happening. That's death. That's salvation, right? The bad stops. Nice. The death is done, you know, and Jesus Mm -hmm. died for us so that we don't have to. The judgment is over. The burial is reward. And we liken that to restoration and I'm getting control of my life. And it's about me becoming a strong human. And that's, yeah, so that's restoration. But then we like to say refuge, restoration, repair. We provide a safe place for people to get control of their lives so they can ultimately give up control to God. It's never about just stopping at becoming a strong human. We are not a humanist church. We are a church founded on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he promises eternal life. So when we give up control to God, we call that the repair, giving up more and more control, more of our will to God and allowing his word and his will to flow through us to benefit other people as the resurrection. That's eternal life. Very good. So finally, just to emphasize it one more time, Pastor Joel, what is the ultimate answer for the gospel? The gospel is in three parts. The death, meaning salvation. The burial, meaning reward. And the resurrection, meaning eternal life. Woo! Thank you, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.